Hello there, this is Martijn van Hout, and I play Carthonassi in Unreal Cinema's Knights of the Old Republic adaptation, and you are listening to the Old Republic Podcast. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. The question is what choice? Rebellions are built on hope. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. Happy Life Day. Wee! Um, so, (laughs) today, I'm joined by Brian and Huni. Uh, happy episode 150 and upcoming Life Day. Uh, so, of course, to, to get ready for Life Day, we're gonna talk all about the holiday special, and boy, is it special, you know? You are sounding impassioned right now. Yeah, happy Life Day, everyone. Uh, Life Day is coming up. (laughs) It is right around the corner, and we're going to be getting into it. Yeah, with with Hooney. Last year, we talked all about the holiday special, Hooney, for our Patreon. It was awesome. We did. We did. There was a little bit of a mishap on my part. I'll take full responsibility for that. I should have scrubbed a little bit more. I was under the assumption that the commercials were cut out, but so much good stuff was cut out which is pretty unfortunate so i think me and brian are here today to convince cassia to let us watch the entire uh, hour and a half special yeah. this year so i say <laughs> that in the comments below youtube instagram all of the all of the things yeah we, uh, we got to get a movement going here yeah, we did the uh, we did the watch along last year on on our Patreon, and yeah, we were short about uh, I don't know like thirteen fifteen minutes of the of the thing somehow. I think I think yeah. it should be a crime to cut any of the holiday special out myself, uh, but that's okay. Uh, we found some good this copies of true. it this year. We got it rewatched again, and we are ready to dive into it. So uh, before we get started, Hooney, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about uh, yourself if they're not familiar with you? Uh, they should be. You've been on the podcast several times now, but uh, let everyone know um, if you've got any updates or how Clonetober went or how much you've been sleeping since October ended or uh, any of that stuff. Uh, Huni is my name. My name is Huni. I am an artist. I draw things. I have survived my own Clonetober challenge. Life happened a little, a little, a lot um, in the last few days of Clonetober, so I didn't actually finish my own challenge along with the rest of uh, people competing, well, not competing, but, you know, contributing and making art and stuff. So that was a little sad, but I did get a bit of extra time to work on those last couple prompts that I missed. And what was really important was that we had so many people participating all the way to the end. You know, we had some people bobbing in and out of different prompt lists, and that was always fun. I was doing that as well, mixing the clones with these other prompt lists like Tolkien. And uh, I had like a Batman one, uh, Warhammer 40K one, if anybody is uh, a fan of that stuff. So that was really fun. Um, I did some nights, of course, and I got um, a lot of really good feedback on the alternate universe stuff that I had done for a lot of the clones um, in my smaller writing um, in captions and stuff. And that was really, really fun. So if you're a fan of clones um, and somehow, you know, uh, somehow a fan of the Holly Special and clones, um, there's some good <laughs> stuff in there. And there may or may not be some references to the holiday special. Uh, I think you're going to have to take a <laughs> closer look just to check. But I'm an artist. I am on my way in my career and I've made some pretty big investments recently. So 
uh, I'm going to need to pay those off <laughs> a little <laughs> bit more and more as I go. So I uh, expect to see more things coming out of me. Um, and yeah, some some pretty special, wild, crazy stuff in uh, 2023. I am very excited and have young ones. Um, if you have, what is a, a Wookiee? Are they like puppies? What do you what do you call young Wookies? Anyway, if you have young Wookies in the house, um, you could pick up some of my books for them. Wooklets, <laughs> I love Wooklets. Yeah, Wooklets. Yeah, is a yeah, good yeah, one. yeah. Wooklets is great. Booklets for Wooklets. Yeah, some somewhere out there, someone is uh, knows exactly what they're called, and <laughs> they're yelling. Is gonna at us let right us now. know very kindly. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I guess, am I leading this episode? Sure. So um, <laughs> transition time. I'm always really good at these. Um, wow. So, some background on the holiday special. Um, what is the background on the holiday special, guys? Wow. Okay. That was that was a beautiful transition, just <laughs> like you get in the uh, holiday special. So um, I'm going to read this from the Star Wars Year by Year oh, yeah. Visual Chronicle. Um, that was, you know, executive edited by Ooh. J.W. Rensler. So this is the best book uh, around if you're looking for some stuff about the history of Star Wars. But uh, if you go to the year 1978, the month was November. And on November 17th, the Star Wars Holiday Special aired. And so this is what it says here in the Visual Dictionary about it. It says, the Star Wars Holiday Special airs on CBS television, directed by Steve Binder and an uncredited David Acomba, and based in part on a story attributed to an uncredited George Lucas, the show is described by Fox's production notes as a two-hour visual and audio delight, starring the cast from the hit motion picture Star Wars, along with special guest stars and a live animated musical potpourri of pure entertainment complete with astonishing electronic special effects. Highlights include... Ralph McQuarrie's matte paintings of the Wookiee homeworld Kashyyyk, and an animated cartoon sequence that introduces Boba Fett. In the special, Kashyyyk is pronounced Kazook and is spelled that way in the script, reflecting Lucas's earliest notes on the Wookiee homeworld. The special is never rebroadcast or officially released on video. Uh, so November the 17th, the Star Wars holiday special aired and died. Oh boy. Yeah, that is a great summation of, <laughs> of masterful artwork. You had a really good radio voice for that portion. That was really, really awesome. Oh, thank beautiful, you. Thank you. Beautifully, beautifully stated. Yeah, so I mean, that is kind of just the, you know, the general kind of summation. But I mean, there's some pretty kind of neat things to take away from that. Um, and things you might not necessarily, uh, you know, realize when you're watching it, but you know, the Macquarie matte paintings, that stuff is awesome. Um, it's interesting because when you watch it now, you know, 1978 being all the way, you know, in the, in the far distant, uh, you know, past for us, you know, to hear Kazook and you're like, that sounds funny, but it's interesting to know that that's, you know, kind of in, you know, from the first notes of, you know, Chewbacca's homeworld, uh, coming from George Lucas. So I think that that stuff yeah. is, you know, kind of interesting, even, even though, you know, arguably the Star Wars holiday special is a fantastic debacle um you know I, there there were some there were some steps being made uh to make it something uh pretty neat and i, I don't know 1978 was a wild time i guess wild time Truly. uh one of the producers we can't say because of youtube you know but uh it was drugs oh. you know so <laughs> it was drugs yeah so interesting factoid i think that's what i was saying on our on yeah. our uh commentary interesting factoid um on the matt gorley podcast um by the name of name of i was there too 
uh, Matt interviewed uh, Larry Hader and his suggestion was it seemed like um, it was a Coke set and that things were, um, you know, uh, made with haste, we'll say. Um, and a lot of quick decisions were made. And Larry himself said that, nope, if it was made maybe five years later, it would have been, you know, of that type of substance. But it was a very, a very pot show, uh, he put it. Um, mm -hmm. Another producer, he said that he tried to, uh, let me look at my note here, uh, said that he would try and work with actors on ancillary stuff, trying to, you know, get work on side things or introduce them to different stuff that they had working, uh, working for, like, you know, like uh, the sets and whatever, but he made a comment and said that they were all so dopey. So oh, I took yeah. that and I questioned, does he mean depressed? Does he mean they were sullen? Because most of the returning cast were actually contractually obligated to come back and or felt contractually obligated. They felt like they <laughs> owed it to Lucas for the success of A New Hope. So mm. does he mean depressed or were they dipping into that... Um, that that kazook um will say were they doped out for you know um the very understandable reason of not wanting to be there or were they coping with the doping that is the question <laughs> coping with the doping i love it i love it yeah i mean I, yeah. this thing yeah it, it came together so weird and then um like everything surrounding it like you said all the all the stuff there with with the writing team where yeah you know, it just hopped up on something putting this thing together like i don't <laughs> i don't know if there were like no guardrails on this if you know it just spiraled out of control so fast and uh, george lucas was busy uh getting getting prepped for empire or what but i know like like steve binder is the you know is credited as the director for it and i guess like on like the last day of shooting he's like all right i'm done and just left like he didn't stay to help like like edit it or yep. any of the any of the the thing or or whatever so i i would be interested to know i need um one time i need to do a, a lot more research but i don't know what kind of timeline this was made on or did like everyone come in for like a week and put this thing together um because i couldn't imagine that it would have taken very long especially you know when we're getting into our star wars characters like you said uh kind of felt obligated to be there uh contractually and otherwise uh han solo definitely was contractually yeah. obligated to be there or else uh he wouldn't have been um you know anthony daniels probably would have would have turned up for it anyways but um <laughs> but but yeah i don't know it's a it's a wild thing so larry Hader said on the uh, matt gorley podcast that it took a span of two months from filming to the release of the holiday special so pretty pretty quick turnaround and that's mm -hmm. kind of the running theme with the entire special um and david akumba or is it akom um he actually left the production after shooting only a few scenes because mm -hmm. he was used to kind of more of a like a run and gun um filmmaking style and felt very constrained by the tv um setup that was very stationary um he didn't know what he was exactly doing so he actually shot each scene if listeners are familiar with another filmmaker by the name of tommy Wiseau. They're familiar with his masterwork as well, The Room from oh, 2003, yeah. which mm -hmm. I'm also a very, very huge fan of. He used a similar style that was very misguided, where they were shooting on a digital and a film camera. David was as well, but, you know, he was a digital camera uh, yet, but they were shooting on 
five different cameras simultaneously oh, for these super, super stationary actors. And again, he didn't know what he was doing. And it was very, very open with that fact with the rest of the cast, with the producers, with the writers. And yeah, that was uh, also an issue where, yeah, he felt constrained. And as the move, as the special was being shot and they were adding more scenes, taking things out, he rapidly realized that it wasn't his vision and slowly the people around him could see him losing interest and becoming, <laughs> I don't know how he coped, but he had to cope by exiting. And that's why credited because he only shot a few scenes. Yeah. But it, it's just kind of surreal that this thing came together like at all. Like it makes sense that there, there would have been a special, you know, it's capitalized yeah. on, on the success of, you know, Star Wars, I think when this came out, the holiday special, I think, like, it had just ended its theater run. Like, it had been in theaters for, like, I don't know, like, 70 weeks or something, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, something... Yeah, you know, just, something wild. Just crazy like that, you know, to, to definitely capitalize on it. So, um, you know, I know um, one of us on the pod has watched this uh, substantially fewer times than the other people on the pod, but uh, let's yeah. talk about our, our backgrounds <laughs> with this. Cassia, let's start with you. When did you first lay your eyes on this visual spectacle, I believe it was referred to as in the uh, visual dictionary? Star Wars Club in high school. Um, and that's kind of wow. what killed the Star Wars Club in high school. Because we're like, wait, this sweet. is... <laughs> This is Star Wars. Um, and you broke the Star Wars club that day. It broke us. And mm -hmm. and after that, we're like, what do we do now? You know, mm. knowing what we've seen. Um, and then I watched it again last last year uh, with you guys uh, for, for Patreon. And then I watched the Boba Fett stuff on my own. And we're going to watch that again today, the animatic. So... I have seen it, um, maybe like two point five times. So okay, yeah. Okay, okay. Two point five. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, what about you, Hooney? Are you are you above or below two and a half times on your watch of the holiday special? <laughs> oh boy, I'm probably sitting around like maybe I'm somewhere around ten. I might be oh, around ten because okay. I've gone I've gone past the point where I find it cringy and like I was uh rewatching some segments earlier. I didn't I didn't rewatch the entire special. Um I'll have people know that I am I am a false prophet. I I am a liar. I am a hypocrite, but um I watched little bits and pieces and honestly the uh, Cirque du Soleil alien people. I was mm. working on something on my own and like taking notes from another thing I was watching and um it's a bop like it it goes hard like i i found myself genuinely enjoying it anyway i'm a broken man so <laughs> i think i watched this the first time in college i think it okay. been my freshman year in college um because it was around there or maybe even like senior year of high school that uh, me and my group of friends got into very, very bad, like so bad it's good films, like The Room, as I mentioned before, Troll 2, which is another really excellent one. Oh, boy. Um, and then The Holiday Special was one that I took some convincing from my friend group. I've watched a lot of bad movies, and The Holiday Special I can still find enjoyment in, is, uh, I guess, where I'm, where I'm getting to. So, yeah. 
Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Ten times, that's that's a good good round number. Um, I did actually watch the whole thing, um, found the full version uh, on YouTube and watched that. I actually watched it. My, my in-laws were in town, so my mother-in-law and I watched it just a couple of days ago. Um, uh, you know, she was like, oh, what, what are you watching right now? Uh, what is wrong with you? And I was like, hey, I wasn't alive in 1978, so don't blame me for this this thing. Uh, it's not on me, <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, kind of same as you, Hooney. I, yeah. I watched it the first time, probably in college, because um, it's one of those things, right? Like, if you if you didn't know someone who had, like, a bootleg copy of this, or you didn't go to, you know, like, some sort of, like, like comic book show, or, like, Star Wars convention, or, you know, uh, you know something like that to pick up a copy, like how are you going to watch it really until like you know the internet turned into a thing where you could you know get on and uh you know download movies and and stuff like that so i would have seen it yeah like the first time in college kind of when i had access to you know some sort of like broadband uh internet to be able to and then it just yeah it kind of became this thing where i just watch it every uh every once in a while every couple of years i'd be like oh yeah holiday special let's uh mm-hmm. let's turn that back on but but i have to agree with you when i was just rewatching it this week um yeah, all the music in this thing is a jam. Uh, good job, music department, on yeah. the holiday special for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jefferson yeah, Starship, truly. it was special. <laughs> Jefferson Starship, it was special. It was special <laughs> for sure. Um, you had Jefferson Starship. Uh, you had B. Arthur singing. You had Diane Carroll uh, singing. Uh, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, yeah, Carrie Fisher uh, singing at the end, which oh, yeah. I guess was which I guess was in her contract that she was going to get to sing a song <laughs> yeah. um, to, you know, to be part of it. So, you know, a lot of really great stuff and probably the best stuff of the holiday special are the Star Wars sections. That's what everyone tuned in uh, on their TVs. They all sat around and watched it because they wanted to get Star Wars characters on their TV. And we got that um, in some different snippets. You know, obviously this is taking place on Kazook, the Wookiee homeworld. But what do you have to do uh, to celebrate Life Day? You got to get you know Chewbacca back there so we got Han and Chewie they're trying to get back to Kazook you've got Luke and R2 uh they're stranded somewhere trying to fix Luke's X-Wing uh Leia and C-3PO they're a rebel base um and meanwhile you have you know Darth Vader and the Empire they've set up a blockade around uh Kazook because they know that those pesky rebels are going to be going back for life day and what better way to uh trap these guys I have an interesting factoid as well all right I don't know if it's well known Maybe this is me being a nerd and being like, oh, I found a tasty morsel that I'm going to share. One of the writers actually said that one of the reasons that Han Solo was so anxious to Kazook was that Lucas had written it that Han had a Wookiee wife on Kashyyyk, but they didn't want it to be explicit or like super stated that he had a Wookiee wife because Lucas said it would be deemed controversial. So mm-hmm. it was it was in there in the acting but never stated so looking back the moment between mala and han i mean looking past chewy and seeing han and thinking there's my man and here's chewbacca his really good close friend like <laughs> is chewbacca i don't know is there some kind of yeah is there some kind of triangle that we're not aware of we're speculating how much did harrison know this is this is dangerous speculation we are not safely speculating this is and that's something that lucas whenever they were scripting out the holiday special was one of the many ideas that he kind of like shotgun blasted at the writers to just like okay here's all this stuff this this and this and then you know he scripted out each minute of the holiday special with another idea so there was 90 ideas 
and yeah, um, that was one of them. So is this a wild Lucasism or is this something that you know, was unspoken on set but was known? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's one of the Harrison Ford things, right? You you see him and he is so very disinterested yeah. in it. Um, I do like the Star Wars sections because they're pulling yeah. like stuff from the films, uh, which just looks like breathtakingly good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and then kind of kind of <laughs> yeah. the rest the rest of it. But yeah, you got Han and Chewie there. You've got Luke and and R two D two. R two D two is of course playing R two D two. Um, himself, uh, you know, Luke's there. He's got the blondest of blonde hair. He's got a lot of makeup on because I. He um, this looks... was right. This was shortly after he'd been. I think it was in like a motorcycle accident, so uh, it was pretty heavy on on the makeup. Uh, there you get those two trying, and then um, then I, I really actually like the Leia and C three PO stuff because that uh, those two come off as like the most like natural like part of this, I guess, <laughs> or the most like like into yeah, it, yeah. like leaning into it the most. Yeah, and I guess she just was really happy she was able to sing, and she was, like, the most go-get-em, most game to do the holiday special. After they agreed to give her singing section, she became, like, all about the holiday special, and each one of the actors actually felt like participating in the holiday special was, you know, they felt reluctant but felt like they needed to do it. But there was also a huge stigma at the time about, you know, um, Hollywood actors going to TV because it felt mm. like such a huge step down career-wise. So that was kind of controversial for them as well to, you know, even be stepping into it. Because, yeah, apparently, you know, Harrison was only on set for two days. Um, uh, by all accounts, Mark was very, you know, he was he was amenable. He was, he was there, like, working like a nine-to-five. He was, you know, he was there for everything. But he, too, had some reservations about it. And then uh, again, I think Carrie had some some leaning to do on set, and you know uh, C3PO was there um, to to lean on a certain scene if you have a, a keen eye for it. But yeah, kind of kind of wild. Yeah, that's right. So we've got the uh, the Star Wars crew there. They are trying to to do their best to get back to Kazook, like like we'd said. But um, a lot of the the film really. Or, yeah, the film you know takes place uh, on Kazook, yes. you know, with with the members of the family, right? So Malo and Itchy and Lumpy there um, at their houses. They're kind of getting ready for Life Day. They're dealing with some Imperial entanglements, and they're kind of used in this holiday special as like a catalyst for these skits, right? So you've got uh, Lumpy running around. He's uh, you know watching some sort of like like hologram thing of like this uh, dance number. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like like some VR uh, that comes into play for good old Itchy, uh, who's uh, going to be watching uh, some uh, very, very good performance uh, <laughs> by um, yeah. uh, Diane Carroll. Uh, they're doing her song. Um, you've got another kind of section uh, where Mala is watching uh, TV, watching uh, Chef Gormanda uh, doing some cooking. Uh, yeah, pretty wild, mm. these, these mm. skits. Um, I, I guess it, it was akin to other kind of, like, comedy specials that they would have had like in the the mid-ish 70s but i think um from what i've read and understand is by the time this came out those were kind of like on the the tail end of being fashionable so i think that that really probably also leaned into why this wasn't was you know pretty well panned that they kind of outlived itself at that point yeah and that's something that lucas wanted to lean away from but because he was you know needed elsewhere with you know, uh, making Empire and stuff like that. He would be looking at the dailies, but, you know, he wasn't uh, he wasn't all the way there. 
and apparently some of the writers assumed that um, uh, uh, what was his name, David Acom, that he spoke for Lucas, like he was in constant con or uh, you know communication with him, but he, he really wasn't. So it was like so many ladders that led nowhere whenever it came to communication and connectivity between you know the writers the producers and then trickle all the way down to the actors so mm -hmm. lots of lots of loose ends here <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's right but yeah um so we had like i said the comedy skits you had chef gormanda uh there which is like a julia child kind of thing uh with the forearms uh mm -hmm. you know coming out of uh, chef gormanda doing this this cooking the whisk and the and the beat and the mash or whatever whatever it was is uh kind of going through there you had yeah. dromboid whip whipster whip whipster that's right yeah dromboid now we're having fun <laughs> you had dromboid the android was doing like a I, I don't know like a like the earliest iteration of like a master class like trying to teach uh Go yeah. lumpy how to how to put together his i don't i don't even know what it was supposed to be like a radio or something uh he's putting together and then you also had yeah you had kind of the the musical skit of the cantina scene which is probably the most um behind the you know the cartoon where we meet boba fett that's probably the other kind of thing that people really remember um is you know seeing b arthur and you have the cantina with all of like the actual um cantina creatures from star wars you know all the old the same uh costumes and masks and all that all that kind of stuff and then she does kind of that that song bit uh playing akmina who actually is canonized now um you know something da, 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 da. else that's yep. that's that's been canonized because uh, there was a story about her in the Star Wars from a certain point of view uh, book from 2017. So there mm -hmm. you go, holiday special, 110% uh, canon. But uh, Huni of the of kind of the the comedy skits and things, which which one stands out as being the best? Do you think? Oh boy, do you have <laughs> a favorite type of ice cream? <laughs> do you have a favorite type of holiday treat? Do you have a favorite type of each one of the categories? Because, you know, each one stands in its own category for me. Because <laughs> if you really think about it, John Boyd is giving, you know, uh, Lumpy uh, instructions on how to contact his potential father, you know, Chewbacca, potential father. But even mm -hmm. Lumpy looks at Han in a type of way that feels like paternal, like fellow father. Welcome home. <laughs> you, stay away from, come back stay away from, from my mom. Yes. Stay away from my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even in, yeah. And in that segment, John Boyd does an early iteration a long, long time ago of a bump of something to cope, I believe. Uh, mm. Something that would become mm. more fashionable five years after production date. That's what it looked like to me. And that whole segment is insane because of the way that he's acting, the way that it's cut, and the way that it's like edited. There was notes from producers saying that, like, yeah, once it was once it was shot, like Steven and everyone else involved on set was like they washed their hands of it and gave it to the editors and <laughs> we're just like, nah, we're fine. So that section as well goes on, I think, way longer than it needs to. Yeah. Um, the segment, VR segment also goes on for what feels like 12 days. Yeah. And, you know, we hear way too much from Itchy and we see way too, too much, much. See Itchy too much. as well, like his yeah. gums. Like a whole situation. This man's been chewing tobacco, kazoo tobacco for sixty plus years. I don't. I don't even think he's a full elder. He's probably just had a hard life. So there's that as well. Um, I'd also say, you know, uh, Gormanda with the forearms. 
that is an amazing segment as well because you've got you know the extra arms that are coming into play you've got the 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 coordination you've got the singing and you've got the ladle that very clearly hits the actor it directly goes an upper lip and then goes straight into the oh yeah like <laughs> really enjoying whatever it is pretending to anyway but clearly in pain so i don't know and then mala is just trying to do her best for her half human half wookie son you know and and itchy their their <laughs> you know uh, their grandfather that's just sitting on the couch watching uh what is it the mind eraser they call it instead of the vr machine that's also mm-hmm. very subtle but um yeah she's really just doing her best she's trying her husband and his best friend chewbacca is like out of the house so like really just putting in the effort and you know gormanda is as well and everyone's just trying their best and I don't know, I really can't pick, I can't pick a favorite. They're, they're so good. I like the cantina. I, I would say the cantina is my least favorite, but please go on, Cassia. Oh, I, uh, I'll have no Oh, wow. Okay, oh, wow. Well, okay. My favorite is the cantina, but. Um, Alrighty. Yeah, I think it's just because it's an iconic location and I like Bea MacArthur. Um, and I just yeah. like her closing song, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and I really wish I had more interesting factoids, you know, to be like, and this is why I like so it. Many. But, but it's really just like I like it because I like it, so I like it, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. That's, yeah that, that's fair. I mean, B. Arthur was only in it because apparently her kid liked Star Wars and told her to be in it. So, yeah. um, so I think that that that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I, I the can the cantina one is the best for sure. Um, but yeah, Harvey Corman was was giving it his all. I will say that the Dromboid the Android, <laughs> yeah. that one, that one, you know, rewatching it every time, I'm like, yeah, I I could get my head around Chef Gormanda and you know some of the other stuff, and I'm like, okay, this this kind of feels peripherally like Star Wars, but the the Dromboid the Android just to me just does not feel like Star Wars at all. Oh no, yeah, it's a little disturbing. Yeah, it's, it's a little unsettling. Yeah, I wouldn't want to watch it. Like it, it's something that you're like, you fall asleep with the TV on, and you wake up at like three in the morning, and yeah, Dromboid yeah, is, is yeah. there, and, and then you have nightmares, <laughs> and you can't sleep. It's it's bad. It's bad news all around, all around. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of the comedy skits, and then then the music. Um, like I mentioned, we had you know kind of this like Cirque du Soleil kind of thing. Uh, you have Diane Carroll, uh, who's a very famous. Uh, singer uh performing a song you have jefferson starship come on and they're performing like a banger of a song uh so good job that was cut out of the yeah. the patreon episode we did we didn't get that uh so i got to watch that yes, again uh, recently uh really great song of course it's jefferson starship they're great so yeah so i have i do have some notes on the b other thing apparently she was a little bit difficult for producers to um directly deal with like handle because I don't want to say she was a diva, but she was very, you know, successful, right? For uh, the Golden Girls, I am a, I am a, I'm a young person apparently, but you know, I'm, I'm not super familiar. But yeah, well, she the, was the Golden. The Golden Girls know, didn't uh, start until 1985, so she wasn't famous for that yet. But she was in Mod, uh, which was uh, she, she, okay, she, okay. she was, she was, yeah, she was Mod and Mod. So that was, uh, yeah, she was pretty famous uh, for that, which you know started in uh, 1972 and ran up to 1978. And apparently the producers of Mod saw the holiday special and said, we're ending this, cut all ties with B. Arthur right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
So yeah, that was actually in the uh, the article that I read. That was um, the dark side of the holiday special, something like that. I, mm. I'll I'll send you guys the link to the article after, um, so you guys in the audience can take a read as well. Yeah. But um, their note actually was that she was basically her character mod. That doesn't mean much to me, um, but apparently, yeah, she was. Um, she didn't really like to repeat anything that she was given. Um, she wasn't receptive to like a lot of notes if there's something that she did or if they asked for another take on something she would ask them specifically what it was that she did wrong and yeah she um you know she was a star but she also remembers the singing and having a great time on set but she didn't realize that she was in a star war um <laughs> because what her schedule was she just remembered it as day that she shot this musical with the masked people. Is <laughs> so that's fine. <laughs> that's right, and the guy that's drinking through is the top of his head. Oh yeah, yeah, I've got some notes on him as well. Yeah, Crumman's uh, Crumman's whole situation, and we can handle that in a minute. But also another interesting factoid: one writer apparently brought their child to the set because. Star Wars, oh, no. the cantina, had all the masks back and they had all the characters back and they also had a giant rat. So he was like, come on, child, I'll bring you to this. I'm a father. This is going to be a core memory because <laughs> you love the Star Wars. I'm working on the Star Wars. Let's go see a Star Wars. I'm working on it. You love me. I'm your hero. Here we go. Core memories unlocked. <laughs> so he brought the child to set. But again, a lot of communication on the holiday special and wearing a mask and a full suit, very hot. Shooting inside a close with a lot of lights directly shooting at you, very hot. Recording with B. Arthur, some will find very hot. I do not, I do not. But a lot of the actors apparently were not given oxygen tanks oh on boy. set. That is like a requirement for working with, you know, masks of that type. So they weren't given air, they weren't given, you know, water, the proper, they weren't given the proper things because those security checks weren't in place because it was a very dopey set. So this child saw <laughs> the Star Wars, but also additionally with that memory, which I'm sure started off great, started to see actors collapse and just kind of slunk to the floor and in place just fall over because so many of the actors were getting heat stroke were passing out from dehydration. So this child, whoever this child is, they didn't identify the child. They've got so many core memories of just watching, you know, <laughs> a bunch of Greedos and unicorn animal like men and werewolves and humanoid rat people falling over. I don't know, man. Hats off to them. I, I hope they stayed a Star Wars fan, but I would understand if they went over to Star Trek. Passing out is what I want to do when I watch the uh, the holiday special for sure. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, poor yeah. poor kid there. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's it's an interesting amalgamation of stuff, and then you know, ultimately, you know, the heroes make it past the Imperial blockade and get back uh, just in time yeah. for Life Day. Everything is is good to go. So um, the other kind of important part of the Star Wars Holiday Special, um, even if you dis discard all of the Star Wars Holiday Special, um, it was the first appearance of Boba Fett in a little animated clip. So uh, why don't we take a really quick break and um, 
uh, Huni and Cassia and myself are going to watch the animated section. I will yeah. probably put that up as a watch along on our Patreon if you want to check that out. It's patreon.com slash olderpublicpodcast. Um, but we're going to watch that, uh, take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about the uh, the animated feature and then you know talk about the lasting legacy of the Star Wars Holiday Specials. So sit tight and we will be right back. And an animated Star Wars story on the Star Wars Holiday Special. All right, so Cassia, Huni, uh, we just watched the story of the faithful Wookiee. What did you think? Cassia, what did you think? Um, I think it's the most interesting uh, segment of the holiday special, and maybe because it's animated, it's easier to kind of uh, let my mind like just kind of not check the internal logic of everything, you know, and just kind of <laughs> go along with everything. Mm, um. Okay. So it's cool to see Boba Fett for the first time, and I wonder mm-hmm. if John Favreau, as a child, watched this and is like, "I'm gonna make Star Wars all about this dude," you know? Yeah, for sure, because yeah. he he definitely uh, uh, drew a lot uh, from it. Obviously, um, had the uh, the gun there. That pulse rifle is the same, like identical for the Mandalorian, and kind of the I don't know the way that like the helmet and stuff looks. Um, it's it's weird to think that this cartoon kind of came before. Like the whole world knew what Boba Fett was. Um, it's just weird to kind of yeah. yeah. put yourself in that mindset, right? But you know, I guess if if it's nineteen seventy eight, you're a kid, you're watching this, you're like, who's who's this crazy character? I wanna I wanna learn more about him. So maybe that was part of the mystique around Boba Fett and why it became you know this so beloved character from the original trilogy. But uh, Huni, we didn't get to watch this part on our on our bootleg watch through last year. Uh, what do you think about the the cartoon section here? I tell you, Brian, I cry every time. <laughs> Just the, the the art style itself, the betrayal. Um, I almost said Mark. Luke trusted Boba with all his heart, and you can see it in his big pearly blues. He feels so much betrayal. This is a young Luke. This is the young rebellion Luke. He's uh, he's really hurt by what happens, and you know, um, he uh, he apparently doesn't trust Easy in this in this uh, version of Luke because. He does shoot first. He shoots that big old lizard, mm-hmm. uh, tries to take it out immediately, and um, maybe he took a couple notes from Han. But yeah, and you can really, really feel the betrayal. You can see, you know, how much pain it causes him in those few frames that those animators made. And yeah, it's a, it's a great time. It int- introduces us to a lot of really great stuff, and um, I really appreciate it. And yeah. Cassia, like uh, like you were saying, it feels like um, a bit of a stop off on this super rocky road that you're going on when watching the holiday special. Like, uh, yeah, it is it is great visually. You know, the voice acting is like maybe a five or a six, but um, I actually have some interesting factoids uh, if we'd like to get into those. Okay. Um, yeah, some juicy morsels. So um, all the actors coming back. Um, did their lines in around like one take each one of them um, mm-hmm. you know Harrison Ford really just didn't want to be involved in any of this so he tried to make sure his everything that he did involving the holiday special was in one take and he wanted everything to be ready whenever he arrived on set so there's that but interestingly enough Mark Hamill was the only one who was super super nervous when he arrived on set 
it's almost as if he really cared about his voice work when it came to uh, the animation. Almost like he'd make a career later on, yeah. you know, uh, perfecting his voice acting. Hint, 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 hint. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, kind of funny. Just think, we wouldn't have uh, the Joker in the Batman the Animated Series if it were really? not for the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, that is that is very true. Also, a note on Boba. Um, so the animators themselves, the artists themselves, yeah, they took after uh, Jean uh, Mobius Gerard. They took after the art style, but they were also given production images um, and the black and white prototype armor that was made for uh, Boba Fett. So they had that content to work from, but he didn't have any color. So it was up to the animators to color Boba Fett to best their best ability. And what they did was give him a color scheme that fit in with the Mobius aesthetic. So that's kind of a fun factoid. I, yeah. I really like that. I wasn't aware of that before. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, that is pretty fun. Um, I think my favorite part about this cartoon uh, segment here is that, that Chewbacca knows that something is up with Boba Fett the whole time, uh, but no one listens to Chewbacca. <laughs> That's why it's but called then, the Faithful Wookiee. You know? But then, you know, uh, C-3PO yeah. and R2-D2 are like, oh, no, we, we intercepted this thing. And then Luke's like, oh, okay, I'll listen to you, but not, but not to Chewbacca. So poor Chewbacca, he's always doing his best, um, always knows that something's up. Um, but, yeah, this section, it's just kind of fun. And it, it's, I don't know, it's, it's weird in a way because, yeah, you're going back and it's like that's just Star Wars. It's not like this this new thing i don't kind of in a way like it feels like you're going back into the star wars world after you've come out of the kind of the mm -hmm. holiday special world yeah. of, of star wars so yeah. i don't know it, it's it's kind of fun and it, it's really pretty and it's it, it's just a really kind of interesting thing i think that it's neat that they put it onto um the the disney plus so you can just watch through that um there was also like a like a little golden book like storybook like children's storybook um that they made a couple yeah. years after this called the faithful wookie so um i don't know I, I looked a little bit i couldn't find one online oh, to, to track down but i'd be interested to see you know what exactly um is in that book so um i don't know pretty pretty yeah. fun stuff there but um i don't know we're we're kind of we're kind of winding down now like i said our our star wars crew has made it back to uh kazook for life day just in time uh, you know, everything is saved. The celebrations can go on as planned. The Wookiees can get their red robes on, carry their orbs down, go to the Tree of Life. Uh, Princess Leia can sing us a song uh, to send us out of here. But um, Cassia, what are what are your main takeaways from this visual spectacle of the holiday special? You know, we're only we're only doing Life Day only comes once a year, so we only get to do one of these episodes a year. So uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to really just let us let us know all the things that you think about it right now. Um, when I watch it, I realize I try to disassociate from what I'm seeing <laughs> on on the screen, <laughs> but I try not to because Huni comes here just like totally excited, you know, like all so things. Excited holiday special and i'm like i really just need to be passionate about this and like just or at least just pretend you know but i think like when it comes to stories like kotor is like my story uh bff you know and like hooney's story bff is probably the holiday special and it's just like I'm never gonna like be BFFs with the holiday special, you know. 
and like maybe <laughs> I shouldn't try to force it, you know. But oh my gosh, it's so, funny. Uh, I try. This has been an affront to the holiday special. No, I I totally get it. The holiday special is a <laughs> it it is a weird amalgamation. Um, uh, you know, Hooney and myself, we can appreciate high art. We we understand it. You know, we have a refined palette ourselves. Yeah. So um, I get, you know, that it's not for No, I'm just, I'm totally kidding. Like, I totally get if you watch this and you're like, this is, this is a, a dumpster fire. I don't even know what I'm watching. I'm, yeah. I am going to disassociate. I'm going to turn my brain off. Uh, my eyes are going to glaze over and I'm just going to try to get through the next hour and 38 minutes. I, I totally get that. But I don't know. There's something about it that's kind of endearing. Uh, maybe I would feel differently about it. Like, had I been, like, a kid in 1978 and I turned it on, and I'm like, what is even happening? But but clearly that's not the case. Um, it did very well, you know, the night that it was on, obviously, because it was Star Wars. But, you know, Empire Strikes Back didn't do too bad when it came out. So there was no real harm done from this, right? Yeah. It didn't really harm the brand or anything like that. But I, I don't know. It's just – it's something. And every time I watch it, like, I'm I, – I get a little bit more – joy out of it for some reason it's it's like it's like a fine wine it just it just gets better with age but but Hooney, i'm gonna turn this over to you because you probably have more factoids uh for us or you know at least kind of some parting parting thoughts about this thing or you know why this resonates with you so much uh yeah um so you know i can i can eat caviar i had flan once i really didn't like it it was it was not for me but i had just gotten done talking to uh, people about my culture about uh the mohawk uh traditions and stuff and uh, i was there with a friend of mine and um uh i'm you know i'm half he's full so there's a whole thing there and i fell back on the fact that i am also a quackio um whenever it came to the flan because i couldn't finish it it was disgusting uh, but we had just gotten finished telling this educator that you know there was this custom where you know whenever uh, whenever you were the guest it's like customary to finish your meal and you know just it, you know it's 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 a kindness so there's a fun story that's attached there as well um the holiday special is nothing compared to flan. Um, you know, I can I can eat I can eat the holiday special. Flan is garbage. This is the anti-flan uh, podcast, by the way. Um, so <laughs> I can survive and I can appreciate most things because I survived flan, which is disgusting. <laughs> but um, I've I've refined my palate with a nice intake of garbage and a nice intake of films that are garbage but are garbage not because they're garbage they're garbage because the resources weren't there so the holiday special itself uh was budgeted to have uh, an 11 million dollar budget but they were given a million dollars to make it so there's that i mentioned the room before you know there's there are people that are trying and that effort can be rewarded in repeat viewings or, you know, seeing different, you know, you know bits and pieces, little different morsels that I didn't notice before, you know, I can eat the flan, but I, I, I hate it. But if there's something new in there that I didn't realize before, maybe, you know, each bite can become more of a, more of an enjoyable experience or, mm. you know, I, I'm, I'm just a broken person on the inside and, you know, <laughs> I, I just enjoyed this flan and managed to make it, you know, get some sustenance from it. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know why that came up, 
I don't know why that's where my brain went, but uh, much like, um, you know, Frank Reynolds from uh, It's Always Sunny, I'm the trash man. So I, <laughs> I can appreciate the garbage. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I've found the gold nuggets and I just hold on until, you know, I get to them because I know the first viewing I really did have to watch it in like three or four sittings. And I was in college. Hmm. So like, you know, I was in my I was in my dorm and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know i had to get through it but i have this like thing where if i start a certain movie and it, it's very bad i still if i'm past the 20 minute mark i'm like i need to finish it even if by the end i hate that i've done this like i'm usually doing something else to occupy my time so maybe there's a, mm -hmm. a, an amount of dissociation but again the holiday special is still super enjoyable to me for these different you know stop-offs on the rocky road you know the animation the music, the the insanely wild costuming, um, knowing that some of the uh, Wookiee actors were uh, not passing out, but taking more frequent breaks and stuff. Apparently, the actress that played Lumpy was barely 80 to 90 pounds when he started filming, and the suits themselves were very, very heavy. And this person lost a lot of res lot of weight as a result oh, of boy. that so like i'm there for that performance as well because i'm like you put the blood sweat and tears into this lumpy performance and i'm i'm here with you so yeah. there's a lot of interesting factoids there's a lot of things i've learned over the years and i've grown a calloused appreciation of the holiday special and you know sometimes if you follow me on instagram if i'm on uh if i'm doing a live there's a chance I might start watching the holiday special kind of similar to Carrie Fisher. Like if it's two or two 30 in the morning or if it's three, I will test the, the, um, the resolve of the people watching by throwing on the holiday special on half of the screen and I'll just watch it. I'll watch it with them and I'll cheer on, you know, as, as we get through the movie and I'll just, you know, just keep an eye on how many people are still watching by the 10, 15 minute mark. But um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I wait. I know way too much. Like way, way too much. Oh, another interesting factoid. Apparently, Luke was supposed to have um, a song. He was supposed to have a singing section, but Mark oh. managed to talk Lucas out of it. And I guess it took some real doing. And he said that I don't think my character would sing. But apparently, there was a there's a whole whole singing section for luke that was cut out and uh i'm curious if they would have incorporated like the steam and stuff from his x-wing or Ooh. i don't know it's it is wild there's there's so much i learned recently some new stuff that i learned recently from this article that's going to be linked below and um yeah more and more appreciation as uh, the years go on and i don't know i i just keep eating garbage so you know it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> no i think that that's that's great like you said um it's it's strange to think about the star wars holiday special because you know it, it came out in 1978 it was it was so panned um that it, you know it aired that one yeah. time and then basically it never existed again until like i said until the internet yeah. became a thing or if if you happened to have recorded it that night you know some copies would have changed hands and stuff that way but you know largely this thing was <laughs> was was forgotten or beaten down so much um but i it was yeah, buried kinda, yeah kind of like you huni like a lot of the people that worked on this um you know you're coming off of the the biggest blockbuster film of all time right a, a best picture nominee um you know it changed kind of the landscape of of cinema and obviously you know we're still 
talking about Star Wars uh, here on you know the podcast. You know, all these years, all these years later, it's you know as big or bigger than it ever has been. And um, you know, for a lot of those people who you know went to the casting call and said, "Oh, you can come and be a canteen alien," like that had to have just been like like unbelievable for mm-hmm. a lot of these people that said, oh, "I get to go and do yeah. Star Wars." That's that's crazy um and i think that that stuff like that is is really cool and it's just this weird um kind of like like snippet into time you know when star wars wasn't what it was right star wars wasn't even a new hope yet it was it was still just star wars and this and this thing comes out i mean i think that i think that disney is kind of leaning into it they're doing a lot of merchandise for it they're doing special days at at galaxy's edge for it um uh, I I sent you guys a, a picture of it, but I've got the little stuffed yeah. uh, Chewbacca with his Life Day thing. Mm-hmm. I've got like the Starbucks mug. I've got um, so you know they just did a bunch of other stuff, some other uh, like coffee cups and like the robe. You can buy the red robe. Um, and last year they came out with a book that was written uh, by George Mann and Kevin Scott. It's a collection of short stories. Um, it's called the Life Day Treasury. Um, and I want to give a shout out to I'm gonna have to look in here and get the name. Yeah, Grant Griffin uh, did the illustrations for it, and the illustrations mm-hmm. are awesome too. Um, yeah. But this book is is really good if you really like short stories and you know it kind of has this you know holiday uh, kind of flair to them. Uh, it's it's really great. I definitely recommend picking that up and and reading through it. It's really fun. I think it's going to be something that I read every every year. You know when we're getting you know kind of into like late fall, early winter, I'll probably pick that up and and read through those. But yeah, I think you know people are just kind of leaning into it. Like it's it's almost forgotten that it was so bad or it's embraced that it was so bad you know kind of like you Hooney, right like you <laughs> like you look at the bad bits and you pull little nuggets out of it <laughs> and you and you like it all the more because because yeah. it is bad um or something there's <laughs> there's some sort of like sick twist of pleasure that that we get from it but i i don't know I, it's <laughs> is it is it the worst thing i've ever seen yes but is it also kind the of the most thing? endearing best thing i've ever seen yeah maybe i don't i don't know i don't i don't know it's it's hard to say it's hard to say but what i do know for sure this is uh 194 percent absolutely true is that mission and big z celebrated life day on kashik had to have they did they did it's canon yeah it's all of the canons (laughs) that count canon so gavel gavel on the on the official uh, on the official canon uh meter here yeah. at the older public podcast so um i don't know who did you have any other any other factoids for us or should we save those for next year's life day um i do have some fun factoids that are a little bit um a little bit relevant right now okay. uh what is the name again um cyril right from uh, andor mm-hmm. the uh cyril, yeah yeah so mm-hmm. Andor is very serious. Andor is a very, very awesome, great, you know, darker take on uh, the Star Wars universe and a glimpse into, you know, the the day to day life of, you know, people on the on boots on the ground, people that are just trying to, you know, work their nine to fives. But I can also super appreciate, maybe again in my own broken way, that there feels like, you know, a little bit of a shout out to the holiday special in uh, one of the recent episodes, where you get um, Cyril, you know, really making. Um, the ISB officer is super, super uncomfortable. I got so many flashbacks to the holiday special to Krellman um, in the bar. And I feel like Krellman and Cyril will be horrible, horrible bar wingmen. Like they are the creepy <laughs> intergalactic nice guys that are just yeah. trying to get their way and don't realize that they're, you know, horrible human beings. So that's, that's, I don't know. I had, I had super, super heavy flashbacks to that as well. 
there's also another potential Andor connection. Due to increased activity from subversive forces. Now, is that also connected to the heist that happens in Andor? Is the is the Imperial yoke tightened because of the actions of Cassian and crew? Mm. I don't know. Mm. This is, uh, you know, we've all got head cannons, and uh, I continuously tout the fact that, yeah, the Star Wars Holiday Special is canon in its own way, and it's little bits and pieces here and there. And isn't that why we have legends? There's truth in legends. There's bits yeah. and pieces that are pulled from that. So, Star Wars: The Holiday Special is canon. It's a legend. It's legendary, but it's also, you know, got these gold nuggets, and mm. you know, you can. You know, pry it from my cold dead hands, but I'll still say it's a good time. Um, also, the humanoid rat. What's what's going on there? Um, are they <laughs> what friends? Is go- what is going uh, on? There? Do they have yeah. history? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Is does she know the the rat's order? Does she give it cheese or does she give it alcohol? And if so, how much alcohol, alcohol? cheese? Like, what? Yeah, beer cheese, like with a pretzel. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, or it could be like the rum ham from uh, It's Always Sunny. It could just be alcohol-infused <laughs> giant, you know, piece of cheddar. I don't yeah, know. I like well, it's it's a wild universe with wizards and, you know, fascists and, you know, uh, plastic armor that's does not protect anything. Um, why not have an alcoholic rat that's ginormous? So... <laughs> You know, it's it's all fun. Why not? Why not uh, enjoy all the the wild morsels of it? What yeah. would who or what would um, Max Rebo? I almost said Hooney because uh, I, I associate you with uh, yeah. Max Rebo so much. But what would Max Rebo's order be? You know, at the cantina, would it be a peanut? Oh man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, just one a peanut, peanut with a one peanut. Yeah. Or it would be a Yeah, yeah, uh, just him with his his deep silky voice just asking for the regular or the usual and is just handed a plate with one like super super Gucci looking peanut that's got like gold flakes, you know, spread around it and maybe, you know, some parsley sprinkled on top. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be something smooth like that. Yeah. You know, you'd really savor it too. You'd be standing at the bar chewing and you know, I think you would clock uh, Krellman from pretty far away, you know, and, and deal with that before it became a situation. Yeah. Yeah. Any scenario that you introduce Max into, I think it gets improved. And, you know, you don't get uh, any serials. You don't get any Krellmans. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Max Rebo has a place in each part of canon. And I don't think anybody's going to fight me on that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely not going to fight you on Max Rebo uh, for sure. And I'm not going to fight you on the holiday <laughs> special because uh, it's great and you should yeah. uh, definitely search out a copy um, and watch it for yourself. It's pretty easy to find on YouTube. So just uh, do a little uh, do a little search. It's about an hour and 38 minutes. So uh, you can uh, definitely do that. And let us know if you uh, watch the holiday special and what you think about it. What is your favorite kind of skit or song? Uh, or if you've watched the Wookiee Life Day, let us know um, all that stuff because it's pretty fun. But I don't know, Cassia Life Day, uh, pretty exciting stuff. And episode 150, that's exciting too. It is very exciting. Thank hey. you for helping us uh, make both milestones happen. Because if it weren't for the 150th episode, like I'm like, I don't know how, you know, like just sometimes I disassociate while I watch the holiday special and I'm like, did you know it's Dame Judy Dench's birthday today? You know, and but I'm like, I have to focus, you know, and 
Um, but it got better as I, as I, as we went along and, uh, Hooney's excitement like turned into my excitement and, um, <laughs> I'm like, why aren't we just a holiday special podcast? Why are we like an older public this podcast, is true. you know? So let, let me know next time you do a watch there. I'll just send you my sheet of, uh, interesting factoids that you can, you know, uh, dip into every now and then. Oh man. That's right. Hooney, Hooney will call <laughs> you on the phone and just watch, watch along like yeah. <laughs> the audio uh, with you as you go for <laughs> sure. For sure. But yeah, I think that, I think that's going to wrap it up for, for life day for the star Wars holiday special. Um, and I want to thank you for coming on Hooney. Like Cassia said, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do life day any justice if you would have been here uh, with us. So why don't you plug anything you want to plug and thank you so much for coming on and talking about the holiday special again. Um, yeah. So Again, I'm a broken person, but I draw things and I draw things while watching wild content. Um, yeah. And you can see the results of uh, my work on Instagram at D H-O-N-N-I-D. And yeah, I draw a lot of art. I draw a lot of clones. I draw a lot of uh, more serious looking things, but sometimes I'll throw in holiday special shout outs as well. Um, you can also find some of my art on imprint. So if you'd like to support me that way, buy me more coffee um you can support me there as well i've got some prints up there i've got one you might recognize from the podcast as well um on kazook and uh i think it's one of my favorite pieces that i've done in the last couple of years so check that out a lot of my other artists up there as well um and please listen to the podcast listen to my episodes but you know i'm embarrassed by my voice so you don't really have to um and yeah watch the holiday special the holiday special um forever 10 out of 10, 100 out of 10, yeah. 10,000 out of 10. Great time. Good stuff. Love it. And yeah. Um, yeah, maybe it'll take the fourth, fifth, maybe 20th time for you to watch it and, you know, find the golden nuggets, but through there and maybe you just have to pass your sanity and uh, <laughs> let that, you know, stay at the door. Yeah. But um, yeah, all good stuff. And I'm happy to be on the pod again. Uh, what is this? My sixth, fifth or sixth time? Something like that. Yes. Yeah. And, Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and I'm happy it was. Uh, I was here for the 150th. That's uh, that's yeah. really really awesome. Oh, thank yeah. you. Good stuff. Yeah, and thank you for all your help, Brian, on the pod. Like we wouldn't have made it to 150 without you. So, and I'm very yeah, well, appreciative for the help you help with. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a team effort, and uh, thank you everyone out there listening. Because yeah, 150 episodes. Uh, um, you know, they're, they're fun for us to put together and talk about this stuff, but you know, we don't, we don't do that if it's not for, uh, the audience out there listening, uh, you know, week in, week out. So we definitely appreciate everyone out there who's tuning in too. Yeah. So may the holiday special be with you. public podcast can be found on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts youtube as well as everywhere else that anchor podcasts are distributed subscriptions reviews and shares help us out and if you want to connect with the podcast on twitter we can be found at old republic pod and if you want to connect with me i can be found on instagram at astro underscore droid underscore you can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. 
May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.